Welcome to Charting the Course, a podcast from Full Sail Capital. We're a registered investment advisory firm committed to helping clients grow and manage generational wealth. We do this by focusing on integrity, competency, and transparency each and every day. No matter where you find yourself on the investing journey, our hope is that these conversations, stories, and interviews can empower and equip all investors with fresh insight and perspective on the capital markets. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We are back this week with another At The Helm episode featuring Hannah Schmidt. Hannah and her husband, Brian, founded The Treasury, which is Oklahoma City's first female co-working space. At the beginning, they set out to create a spot for women where they can focus on themselves and their businesses, but really, they can also come to learn and engage and grow and support each other. And as you'll hear during our conversation, it's really grown into something that I don't think even Hannah probably dreamed of at the time, which is how every great entrepreneur story starts. So really, my point here in the intro is just to highlight some uh, resources, give them a follow on both LinkedIn, on Instagram. Make sure you check both those out because there's a lot of updates, a lot of content that gets pushed out there. And then go visit their website. You can learn a lot more about the treasury, what it is, who it's for, uh, what their values are, and really dive into a little bit more in depth than what we did here on, on our discussion. So lastly, I do want to highlight it because we do mention it uh, during our discussion is we've partnered with the treasury here at Full Sail Capital to come up with a program called Treasure Builders. And really what that is, is we're, we're bringing in both our in-house experts and some network partners to really help to educate and empower their members with information, answer questions, open their eyes to maybe some areas of the market that they're not seeing, or really at the end of the day, we just want to be a resource to, to this really, really incredible group of women. So if you're interested, if you're out there, if this piques your interest, definitely, definitely go check out the website to learn more. Thank you so much to Hannah for sitting down with us today. Thank you to Catherine and Candice for joining me and really just helping drive this conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Hope everyone's having a wonderful spring break week. Safe travels. Enjoy. We'll talk to you again soon. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. Catherine and Candice, thank you all for uh, assisting me. I'm going to let you two really drive this conversation. Catherine, if you don't mind giving a little bit more background on Hannah and kind of connecting the dots when you first met her uh, and, and really again, giving a better introduction than, than I just gave, that'd be fantastic. Absolutely. My pleasure. We are so excited to have Hannah with us today. I actually had the pleasure of meeting her when she hosted a weekend called Bring Your Thing. It was kind of funny meeting her because I already knew her, um, not in a creepy way, but some through online, but also several of my friends had been working at the Treasury and I've just heard such wonderful things about her that I was excited to have the opportunity to join her on this weekend. And nothing like getting to know someone than going to the middle of nowhere in Texas for a weekend to focus on, you know, the item that you're bringing to work on and have her mother spoil you with her cooking. We will be bringing up and giving her a shout out for her carrot cake. It is unlike (laughs) anything you will ever experience in your life. I'm pretty sure there's 9,000 calories in one slice. It was amazing. But her parents are definitely a testament to her and the wonderful person that she is and her energy and her encouragement to the entrepreneurs that are out of her um, space. Thank you. Yes, my mom is the real hero. She really <laughs> the is. <carrot> cake. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the cooking in general. <laughs> Hannah, thank you, Catherine. Hannah, let's kind of take a step back. Let's get a little bit of background on you. Are you Oklahoma native? Grew up around here? Just give us a little bit of the, the who, what, and the why. Not at all from here. Like Catherine mentioned, I'm from Texas, um, a really small town in Texas. I moved here about 10 years ago got married. My husband works at Devon. And at that time it was like 
got a job in oil and gas. You keep a job in oil and gas. So I moved here whenever we got married. He said, don't worry. We'll only be here a year. That, that was, was in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a year has just turned into, you know, 10 because we do like it here. Yeah. And um, he likes his job. I started a business that it would feel impossible to leave at this point for great reasons. And so and we also had said, you know, we'll never have oaky babies. And we have to. So. Famous last words. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. So you moved up here. You've been here now 11 years. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned in the intro, you developed and started something called the treasury. Let's start there. Let's give a little bit of background on what it is and then back up on where the idea come from. Was that something that you kind of had rolling around in your head prior to moving up here? Was that something you always thought you might do? Let's explain where that idea came from and how it started to yeah. form. The thought never occurred to me until I desperately needed it and looked everywhere and hoped someone else would start it. That's everything I've ever done. I've just wanted somebody else to start it and they didn't. So right. here you are. Yeah, here I am. I was working from home and I loved working from home. I loved the flexibility. I loved like taking a break in the middle of the day to go to yoga class. It was so awesome. And then after I had my son in 2016, it became harder to work from home. And I tried all kinds of different like childcare combinations. Like if he's out of the house, can I do it? If he's at home with the babysitter, can I do it? Space became so limited with kids at home. It was like everywhere I turned, it's like you're trying to focus, but there's like toys and dishes. You're surrounded by a kid. Yes. Whether they're there or not. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so it felt like I was working all the time. And then I would get to the end of the day and be like, I've done nothing. Like I couldn't figure out where my time had gone. It was so working from home just wasn't fun anymore. I did a lot of coffee shop work, a lot of checking out co-working spaces and just was not happy with anything. And I really saw the future of work for women being that, being more flexible, but not having the resources, especially in Oklahoma, because Oklahoma is a little bit slow to things like this. And so if you have the flexibility and and the option to work from anywhere, but you don't have any structure or you don't have anyone giving you any kind of guidance or you're totally alone, it's just going to be difficult to make that work. So we started end of 2017 shopping for space, trying to see if that could work. I don't have a business background, so just kind of going with the idea and hopefully finding the right place and the right sure. people. And so, yeah, that we opened in 2018 to accept members, yeah. So it's a membership-based community, correct? And But also a co-working space, um, or is that primarily what it is? It I mean, is. how We're would you explain of, it if somebody was interested in joining, I guess? What would you... We're kind of getting away from explaining it as a co-working space okay. because so many of our members come, they really don't need the office as much as at least a, a large shared workspace. Okay, They need the community because they have been extremely lonely in what they're doing. And then they need some occasional private workspace. We have four conference rooms. And so I feel like we really help women to start and run businesses by holding on to more of their revenue, keeping their overhead low, because you really don't need to spend $800 on a private office that you're really only having client meetings at a couple times a week. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So by having these rooms, these professional spaces where they come across very professional, we're downtown, we have all the amenities that make them appear successful, but they're able to do it in a way that makes sense for, for what they're bringing in. What I love about it when I've got to visit the space, the community. I mean, I do think that's what really makes such a difference between just a co-working space 
versus what the treasury really brings to these women. The community is incredible. I've gone to a couple lunches and each woman has their own story, their own background, what they're trying to accomplish. But when you get them all in one room, the amount of energy and support that they provide each other is unmatched. I I just really think that is what makes it so special there. So you've really met a need out of having your own need, which is typically where really great ideas can be born. So that's really cool. And all the trainings that you guys offer, you're constantly challenging each one of your members to continue to grow and better themselves and better their business. And you are in a way, helping some of them launch to where they can then go out and have their own space as they continue to grow and develop their own business. Uh, But it's helping them maybe work on the various skills that they need or just, again, having that community from your various talks that you guys host. Yeah, absolutely. We do a survey twice a year of our members. And a question I ask on there is, do you identify as a lifelong learner? Because I feel like that's been one of the, the biggest hallmarks of a treasury member has just been they can be retired starting a new business. They're buying e-courses. They're going to things where they're going to be learning. I'm that person who they can come to me and say, hey, this is a topic I'm really curious about. And this is something that and a lot of times it's intimidating. Somebody just asked me, like, I really want to know more about AI and how I can use that in my marketing. And I'm like, oh, geez, I have no idea. (laughs) But then that's been so fun because then in researching that, I get to know um, people who are offering like really cutting edge things in Oklahoma City and get to share that and get to help posture them as an expert locally. And so it's really it's just fun all around. Okay, so you've been in business for about five years, a little over five years. What's been one or two things that if you would have told yourself, if you would have known in the end of 17 that you would have had to face and or overcome or a couple things maybe that you've done that you didn't think maybe you would eventually get to take on. Does that make sense? Like what what are a couple of surprises, I guess, on your journey for these first five years? It's funny because they shouldn't be surprises because there are things people warn me about. But sometimes you just like, uh, no, that won't be true for me. Head down, focus. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't need your opinion. I, I had the opportunity. I'm, I'm a really curious person. I'm a journalist by background. And so I'm really not afraid to just call up someone randomly and say, like, I have some questions for you. And uh, so that that was really beneficial in starting a business considering oh, yeah. I don't have a business background. But Andrea, at her t- at the time, her name was Andrea Mason. I think her name's Andrea Ridley now. She owned some Bar 3 studios and yeah. Udonder. And she had mentioned to me, we had coffee and she had said like, it's really hard to convince women to spend money on something that they think is a luxury. She's like, you know, for me, exercise and taking care of, like going to a spa, that's not a luxury. Like that's like, you should be doing this. As the one man in the room, it's like, <laughs> okay. no but it is it is a completely different mindset mindset Mindset, shift I think between male and female it is and she said you know office space for most if a man is starting a business like first line item is going to be like office space you know women are going to be like I can make it work from home like this is going to be fine and I thought really you know like I I don't know I'm and she was so helpful in just navigating that and figuring that out. But it was, and it, it continues to be a challenge. You know, that's one reason we gather so much feedback from our audiences. Our members say, like the last year's survey, they are making over $10,000 a year in referrals from other treasury members. And so, but you kind of have to have that number to tell people, look, a little bit of money a month on an office space is not really a luxury. Like it is just a business expense. It's just something that you should be doing. And so convincing women of that specifically, I think has been a challenge because we do, we want to make it work with nothing. 
And especially whenever we're just starting out. And so it's our nature. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's such an interesting point. Mm-hmm. A, a man will be like, okay, I'm going to get my spot, like, yeah. develop that first, and then we'll go to the next step. And when we're like, I'm just going to start right here and now. Like, yeah. Wherever we're at. We're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. And kind of having that chicken or the egg experience. Like, well, I mean, I give a lot of tours of women who are like, um, once I start invoicing more clients, then I'm going to join. And I'm like, tell me what kind of client you're looking for. I mean, there's no pressure to join. Like, they're not at all. If you tell me what kind of client you're looking for, though, I might know them and might be able to get them. Get those invoices going for you before you even before you even leave here. And so leveraging your community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's been an unexpected benefit at the Treasury that I didn't even know was going to be there is women getting, you know, having a difficult phone call in front of other women. And they'll be like, I just lost my biggest client. And everyone's like, "Okay, what do you need? You know? And so to, to see other women be able to go through that, not alone, because you know that feeling that and, and everyone can identify with that. And so that's been really fun. But it's not answering your question of things I wish I would have known. If five years ago I had known about COVID, maybe I wouldn't have even opened the business at all. No. It's been about every entrepreneur's Absolutely. answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we understand that. No, I think just being okay with just being naive to things. I mean, like I said, I'm naturally curious and, but it's easy in the beginning to think everybody else knows something I don't. And this is, I have no idea what I'm doing. I think, I think the biggest lesson has just been, it's okay to tell everyone around you. I have no idea what I'm doing, but just being open to serving. I like Bob Goff a lot. And he always says that people are more attracted to someone who is safe than smart. And I feel like that's been a lesson that I've learned a lot is not trying to come across as the smartest person in the room. People want to identify someone who is safe. And I think the rest of our members do that really well, too. I think one reason I wanted I felt so strongly about it being female only is that it is a really safe space for women, no matter what they're going through. And they can have those conversations that they can't have anywhere else. And so, yeah, just being that that safe person over that smart person. I wish I would have told myself that more five years ago. It didn't matter how much I knew or didn't know. And as you've watched not only yourself go through this entrepreneur experience, and but you've, you've watched others, a few of which we've had on the podcast already, just highlighting what they've gone out and what they've done. What are some of the hardest parts of the job facing you? I mean, you kind of already answered what, you know, some of your first five years and what you wish you would have known, but what do you see these women face in some of the hardest parts of their job? Because I think the goal is let's communicate maybe to that woman who's out there that's thinking about this and that is, can go, oh, I have that exact same fear or have that exact same hesitation. What's some of the, I don't know, top two or three things that you hear your members talk about? I think that some themes that come up consistently among our members are we attract a lot of women who, at least at some level, don't want to just accept the status quo. A lot of women I'm seeing, especially post-COVID, you know, they were probably offering a service to an organization for many years and then said, you know what? I can do this as a consultant and provide the services I want that align with my values only to clients who align with my values and make just as much money doing it. And so they feel really confident in their abilities. But whenever you have had a traditional employment situation for your entire life, that can be a really difficult jump. So I think just I think confidence is something that is really difficult, especially for women. Confidence in getting started, where are those first few clients going to come from? And then how can I build a pipeline that's actually going to work for years to come? So that's a big one. And I, I really believe that a huge way to cultivate some of that confidence is just to put yourself in the room with the other people who are doing it. I mean, I have seen many women, we have a mastermind program called Good Company, 
the biggest piece of feedback we get from that program is that women ended up raising their prices at the end of it. And I really, it's not some magic. I mean, it's not, there's not like do these 10 steps and then you can make more money. It's like being in the room with people who say like, I've been there and I've done that and like you're going to burn yourself out and you won't be able to sustain if you're charging that. And you really have nothing to lose by charging what you're worth. It can be so beneficial just to hear that from other people. Yeah, super empowering. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think that is one thing that's sometimes harder for women is to know their worth too. So I think if you're getting that confidence and hearing it from others, then it helps them to el- continue to elevate themselves. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding part of the journey so far? I think seeing, you know, that me, someone who did not have any experience and who really just tried to serve and create opportunities that people were asking for has ended up making an impact on the businesses other people are running now. I mean, to see like a specific story that comes to mind is someone I know you guys are familiar with, Lauren Workentine. The Treasury did not give her anything that she, I mean, she's a brilliant person, had everything she needed. I remember her in our very first mastermind meeting and she was at a career transition, right? She had worked a long time in one career and then was making a total shift to do something else. And all we were doing was introducing ourselves. But when it came time for her to say who she was and what she did, she's like, I don't think I've ever said out loud that this is what I want my business to be. And this feels so weird. So to see her go from that to then she was a treasure for a long time and then bought her own building and is running that business and is great to have just offered a platform. You know, I didn't do anything special except open the room and say, who are you? What's your name? What do you do? And that being supported on a really small scale with all the knowledge that she already had and just having someone kind of affirm that in her. And those stories, I mean, that happens in every mastermind that we do. And so that's just been so rewarding to see the impact that it has made on one woman at a time because that woman has a family and that woman has a community. And so it makes impact way beyond what we're doing. I feel like encouragement is so undervalued. We don't do it enough. And so I feel like that's something that is so true in in your walls there at the treasury. That encouragement is truly pushing one woman at a time to get outside of her comfort zone and to try something new. What's that encouragement and the positive vibes that you're getting from each other as you are each helping each other versus being at home alone, Mm -hmm. having a bad phone call, then going in a downward spiral versus there it's dust yourself off. Let's go. And here's how you can do the next one better. Yeah. And it's something that we just don't have. We don't get a lot of in our Mm -hmm. regular day to day. Even I mean, if you work a corporate role, even there can be times that your boss probably builds in some kind of like positive feedback or affirmation or, you know, compliments. Um, (laughs) David, Catherine is shaking her head up, (laughs) shaking her head up and down, David. So much, especially of what a woman does is totally invisible and totally ignored. And we're trying to make sure our husbands eat their vegetables and we want our kids to brush their teeth. And no one's like, thank you so much for making broccoli. My husband would second and amen that the number of times he's been like, what's for dinner? I was like, well, we're having some broccoli and cauliflower. And it's like, I'm killing a part of his soul as Mm -hmm. I try to feed him vegetables. Yeah. As we just, we want them to live a long and prosperous life. It's the day I stop feeding him vegetables. He needs to be worried. I'll never, I'll never forget the first time my mom saw me eat a salad after I'd been married. And all, she, I think she was going to love Brittany for the rest of her life at that point. <laughs> Brittany accomplished something that mom hadn't been able to accomplish yet. That's awesome. So That's all, all that invisible work, yeah. I think, to have a space where it's recognized and where other women get it and they see and they speak out loud. We schedule a time every month. It's called Cake Day. 
we write down things in that we see that are positive in each other and we mm. put them in a box and we we read them over actual cake because we do like to eat cake <laughs> because we don't ever have the opportunity. I mean, you might write your friend a note like, hey, I know you went through a really hard time when you lost your dad and I'm so sorry. But to have other people who just work around you, not even with you, like you're, you're, you're not at the same company, but they just work around you and say, I heard you navigate that really difficult phone call and I, I learned something from it or I know that your kids have been sick for two weeks in a row and I don't know how you're doing it, but I see you. It's, it's been really fun. That's awesome. That's so cool. All right. So let's look out over the next five. What are some dreams and goals you now have that I'm fairly certain you probably didn't have five years ago, but you've put on your radar. You said, why can't we do X? Why can't this be whatever? I mean, Treasure Builders is one. Our okay. partnership with Full Sail is one um, because really things like that come from we have served women in their first probably five, seven years of their entrepreneurship journey. That's mostly who we have targeted the past five years. The needs of someone who is 10 years plus are totally different. And I think I think this past year I've really wrestled with like, do we keep focusing only on that brand new person? And let the let the more senior people graduate and move on to other programs. But I still see a huge hole. I mean, one reason we even started any of our programs and events is that there just wasn't anybody else doing that for the solopreneur. I still see women who have small teams and, you know, the threshold that a lot of programs have is like, you got to be a million dollar business. Or there are a lot of women who are like, well, that's not really even on my aspiration. Like I'm trying to work less or I'm trying to have better balance or I'm trying to, to grow my team. And so to be able to still serve those people, those women in in the season that they're in right now, I think has been important to us Mm -hmm. and it's going to continue to be more important over the next five years. So offering like through Treasure Builders an opportunity for women to really strategically build wealth in a way that hasn't been offered to them before and do some things like that, thinking bigger than, because I want, I mean, legacy for the treasury would be women who have really been successful in their entrepreneurship journey to a point that it does touch their community and and their legacy in a different way. And so I think that's going to be the main focus for the next five years. One thing that we talk about a lot, at least inside our walls, is from the legacy side, I think it's still like two thirds of women outlive, you know, their spouses and, and they're the ones that end up with that ability to have the legacy. But if we're not equipping and empower them to understand it, they can make decisions about their money. They can direct money to where they want it to go. They need to understand investing in savings. And that's something that that's important to me with a wife, with a daughter. Like, absolutely. That it, If we're not educating and equipping and empowering, then we're not doing our job. And so hopefully that, you know, is what comes out of the Treasure Builders program. Candace, if you want to speak a little bit yeah, to that. Yeah, we're, we're so excited. It came out I think very organically, like you said, you listen to the needs of those that are at the Treasury. You hear rumblings of things that they want to know more about. And, you know, getting together and starting to build this program from scratch, I think it's been honestly one of the funnest things that I've done because I'm very excited about sharing this information with your group and, you know, putting our team at the disposal of all these women that will be able to ask questions and not feel, and I even hate to say that, I think women feel a little afraid to start talking money. And so, and let them feel really, you know, empowered to say, hey, what do I need to do? I want to be able to take care of my family. I've built this business. Where do I go from here? Like we can help and, and share our knowledge um, and our resources in such a big way that I think this partnership is, is really exciting. 
to get to meet four times this coming year, the first one being um, in February, and to connect these groups. And we're so excited to work Thanks, with you. Thanks, Candice. Kathy, yeah. anything you would add there? I was just curious if you wanted to share a little bit of where you came up with the name of the treasury. All the other URLs were taken. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is really hard to name a business because you come up with really good ideas and then everything is taken. Or We're familiar. Yeah. You know, for me, treasure, faith is important to me. Treasure in the Bible and being, you know, people being viewed as treasure, treasure being talked about in a kingdom way. That word has always really resonated with me. I kind of had, so I kind of had a twofold thought with calling the co-working space the treasury because I look at it as this, you know, a wealth of knowledge within our four walls, um, just in the other people. And I really view our members as treasures. I think telling women when they come in that they're treasures and that they're treasured has really set the tone for how we have treated them and how they've treated each other. We just have a very high standard for how we hold space for each other. And we don't look at each other as members. I don't look at them as customers because it's just so much bigger than that to me. So uh, I hoped that the name would reflect just really how important they are. I love that. Same. That's great. That's so awesome. Well, we've got a little bit of time here at the end. You've already given one story with Lauren and just sidebar, if you missed, we actually did an At The Helm podcast episode uh, with Lauren Workentine a few few episodes ago. So if you missed that, go back and listen to it. And if you want to go back even further, we did one with Bailey Gordon, who is also a uh, treasury member, graduate, I don't know what she call herself, uh, but, but it's doing great. And so both of those conversations were, were so interesting and so fun to have. Any other stories of some of your favorite clients, you know, you, without naming names, you can name if you want and call them out, <laughs> but some of your favorite, maybe, and it could be small, like, you, like we've talked about, it could be just a, hey, you're empowered to go do this. And again, it's not that every single person that comes through your door wants to have a multi-million dollar business. They just need a space where they feel like this is what I want to do. I'm empowered to do it and I should be allowed to do it on my time, at my speed, at my pace. I feel like there are too many of these stories to, to name sure. the individual people. But I think another important thing that's come out for me, I have a real passion in serving women and every stage of their life. And so we've had the privilege of having several older members. We have a lot of women in Oklahoma City who quote unquote retire and then start like amazing ventures on their own and contribute in huge ways. They retire and start doing what they actually wanted to do. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so many women over the age of 50 are really kind of told that their time is up, that their time is done. Or even women who, I, I just had a conversation last night with a woman who is having kind of her second shot at a career because she took time off with kids and then she didn't plan for it to be that long, but her mom got very sick. She got to take care of her mom in her final years. And then she's like, I looked up and I'm like, I'm 55. Who's going to hire me now? And she had a very successful career in pharmaceutical sales, a variety of sales roles. And she ended up finding a friend from high school who hired her and she's doing great now. But I think we have given women this narrative that like, you're kind of, you're done you should just rest or you should just continue to be a homemaker or find find somewhere to volunteer. And volunteering is great. So many of these women have skills that when, for them to be able to walk into a space with other older women or women who just don't care. They don't care how old you are or if 
how many years you worked or took off or what your resume looks like, or if it has a gap or not. They really just believe in the skills that you have and the experience that you can provide. And so being able to serve those women in a culture that really tells them that they're done has just been so fun to see and so encouraging for me because I don't have a lot of opportunities in my regular life to really cross paths with women in that stage. And so it's so refreshing because you think you have a problem and to have someone with, you know, 50 years of career experience say, that's not an actual problem. You need to get over yourself. is very refreshing. So I I love having them around and um, empowering them. They give you a reality check. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, Hannah, this has been awesome. I I know we all are looking forward to the Treasure Builder program that we're putting together. And I I sure hope that it's something that can be impactful for you and help grow your audience as well. Somebody that's listening to this for the first time, somebody that's listened to maybe Lauren and Bailey give their stories. How can somebody get involved? What's the best step for them to do? follow you on besides follow you on Instagram yes. and then introduce himself. <laughs> yeah. Email me, DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I want to just get to know women. Sometimes membership is not the right fit at the right time for them. We have so many ways to get involved in our community. Of course, I believe really strongly in membership, but with treasure builders now you have another opportunity to get involved. We're always looking for speakers and facilitators for important conversations for women. And so if, if community is something you're craving, just reach out to me. That's great. And real quick, your website, thetreasury.work. Yes, that's Go right. Visit that. It'll tell you a little yeah. bit more about that. Uh, again, I'm going to put some links in the show notes here to the website uh, so you can learn, learn a little bit more about the treasury, a little bit more about Hannah, and then I'll also link to our previous podcast that we did with um, Bailey and Lauren. So Catherine, Candace, anything you guys would like to add here at the end as we wrap up? Just thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. And uh, we look forward to working more with you. Thanks for having me. Love it. Looking forward to the next Bring Your Thing. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, don't forget to review and subscribe to your preferred podcast platform. Have a great week. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Full Sail Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Full Sail may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.